everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. It is episode 26 of season 7 of LOI Central and we still have a League of Ireland team in Europe. Derry City are uh, pretty much as we record this are on the way to Kazakhstan. Um, didn't think we'd be saying that on the show but there you go. So on the show today we have Andy Myler, UCD boss. Uh, UCD actually was playing Derry at the weekend but they accommodated uh, hashtag LOI in Europe and all of that and uh, Andy Myler's going to be in. I think it's the first time he's been in studio. Um Last time I met Andy was outside the cup final actually, and he was probably he was probably a little bit worried about the season that was uh, coming, and and it's pretty much been borne out. Conan Burn, did Conan Burn? How many clubs did Conan Burn have? Dan, did he play for UCD? He played for UCD, yeah. That's yeah, where that he was started. started. Yeah, I'm actually losing. I'm losing my memory of things that I shouldn't be losing my memory of, like Conan Burn playing for UCD. Yeah, mm, I, I'm I like a little bit alarmed at this. It's a bit worrying, but then like you'll remember really obscure things, really weird things. It's how the brain works, but you forget things in more recent, mm. you know, recent recollections. But can you remember your last Galway United match? Um, it was the one 0 win over Cove, wasn't it? Not even sure. Mm, I've only been to is like that an issue of memory, or is that an issue of your relationship with Galway? No, no, I was uh, met some of the people involved at the races during the week, and um, I don't remember much of that either, to be honest. Um, That's not Galway neurological. Races. Galway races. Luke Comer had a winner. Oh yeah. Interviewed on the TV um, character. Um, Galway United, you know, going well and all that. So is his training operation. But uh, no, things are grand. Galway United. We'll have to we, when the, when the when the league is eventually won. We'll have to obviously reflect on that and hopefully have yeah. somebody on the show. Didn't, didn't get Daryl Horgan back. That's something that happened. After we recorded last week, a couple of things happened. Um, so we should mention, of course, we're in association with our sponsors, Johnny. Yeah, Dan and I are off to see Decky and Collar and Cuff after this just to say hello. Um, you know, maybe I might buy buy a tin of fruit off them or buy something because I'm, I'm going on holiday soon. Haven't been in Free shirt in a while. and tie with your suit if um, you do get one. Free and yeah. And, uh, I don't know if that actually counts for you though. Does it count for hosts? Um, does count for listeners anyway. I, I, um, I'll get back to this very, very shortly, actually, but we're also in association with Rascal Brewery and Inchicore. Um, uh, we're also in... And Rocktoberfest is have, coming up. We have the Rocktoberfest. Let me get this read here. We're also in association with Future Ticketing, um, who've been our long-term sponsor. Let me get up the uh, Rocktoberfest news here. And the Rocktoberfest lineup... Um, it's September the 23rd. September 23rd. Go to com for full details and tickets. And uh, yeah, they've had some a lot, of, a lot of nice beers in their timeline. You might meet us if you're there, would you? Are you going to be around? There have been a lot of, um, yeah, I am around then, actually. Um, if, you, if you remember. If um, September 23rd, yeah, um, yeah, a lot of things, Dan, of late have... Like, like last week, right? So sorry, we should say, we finished, this is the, the, the vagaries of a once a week show. So like we, we record a podcast and then you, you know... Go our we, separate we, ways. We, we go our separate ways and then there's a, a small bit of a lag time before you record it and you put it out. And in that window... Um, Daryl Horgan is announced as a new player at Dundalk and then the morning we release it um, I learn of the fact that Kevin Doherty had been approached by uh, by Cork mm. City um, to take over the job and he had said no and these are like two big events people are talking about on Wednesday and you would think you know, some weeks nothing happens and other weeks lots of things happen mm. and um, that that is that are two big stories when Daryl Horgan has already met his debut he was welcomed back as a hero to, to Oriel Park on, on Thursday and um, yeah and Kevin Doherty has you know and Liam Buckley have both had to speak about this sort of unusual story where you try and sign 
you know, you're trying to poach, I guess, a manager from a rival team in a relegation fight. Sort of shades of Roddy Collins back in the day with sort of Shamrock Rovers and, and Dublin City. All very strange, though. I mean, and... For Kev Doherty, just I'm thinking in my head now, this is a kind of a win-win situation because he can kind of enhance his own reputation by clearly turning this down. Like, there's no way you could take that job. No, no way. Like, it would, it would. First of all, Cork are likely to finish second last against Watford. I don't know. It's probably fifty-fifty, something like that. It's a. It'll be a terrible choice for it's, him. There's, there was no real upside to that from his perspective. What I could see, I understand people say, ah, oh, it's a full-time job, like. He's also gotten a family. Um, well, it's not. Well, yeah, a lot of a lot of things considered. To, yeah, to, if, if you want to move to Cork, you'd want all your ducks in a row. Put it that way. If, I think if you wanted to go to Cork, you want to be going in the winter when you have full control over the squad. So mm-hmm. at least you'll be the master of your own destiny. Like mm. if Kevin already went down there, you could go down there, do okay, but lose a playoff, and your reputation is kind of it's kind of damaged. You know, we spoke to Tim Clancy on the radio this morning, saying he's manager of the year. He's well up there. He's well yeah. up there. So like. so like it's it's not it's not. If Cork fans are listening, Cork City fans are listening, it's not a case saying we, we're not, of course, the Cork City job to me is a more attractive job than the Drada one, but not at this point in time for a manager who's doing very well that is likely to A, be in discussion for other jobs, and B, um, Drada have investment coming, which means that, you know, with a group that is already quite settled, he probably has a chance to build on it next year. And the Cork thing to me from the outside looks unappealing. Um, and it's I mean they were talking in June about um, Liam Buckley and, and Richie Holland they're staying a statement to go out to say they're going to be in charge for the rest of the season then within weeks they're approaching someone else it all looks a little bit um, well we have plan A and now we're on to plan B and now we're on to C and, and I don't know what plan we're at now um, now they didn't play badly against Shamrock Rovers although with that uh, how much of that is about how Shamrock Rovers are playing at the moment that can definitely be debated um, and they do play UCD this week and there's an opportunity for them to suddenly there could be three or four points you know off it off a Sligo team who've lost Max Mata and by all accounts were poor against Patrick's um, I watched very poor yeah I, I watched, watched, lo- I wasn't watched at- a lot of LOI TV over the last week watched Derry City um and watch the two games on Sunday. Um, great, it is a great service. I know we can, listen, it could be better in a lot of ways. Right? Dan, I, we do need, we need a red zone. I'm telling you. But what I think this would do on a front, uh, even on Sunday with two games, I was kind of like, I wasn't sure which game to be watching here. Um, the So we like the, they don't have the resort. Let's be clear. They don't have the resort. Just bungle 20 grand, it. get it sponsored to do the red zone. It'd be amazing. E- easily done. Across the two e- divisions. If only broadcasting was that easy. Like, I mean, I think the problem is, as you know, they're reliant in a lot of cases on people People. We had a mailbag comment, I probably won't read it now because we're dealing with it here, but the highlights packages. And occasionally it like leaves out um, kind of controversial decisions. Now, I've watched the highlights packages. Some of them are very good. Sometimes they, it's not just controversial decisions. It's big chances. It's it's a product of it's like... partisan they don't, But they don't have a full staff throwing exactly. this together. So like a red zone thing, to me, it sounds great in theory, but you're thinking about the production values of the red zone. Versus the resources they would have. People to do stop it. going to a games bad, would be so good. A bad red zone t- would be yeah, bad. Red <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's like all of a sudden, like seventh minute, we're trying to go in the first yeah, half. Yeah, Pixelot has taken us to like a throw in and Cove. Shane Keegan was walking across the camera. <laughs> the Rovers like, have just won the league. Like. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, do you watch the red zone? In are you any interest in the NFL? No. 
no yeah the red zone I, is I've watched it but in Germany they do it I was in I was at a stag in Germany a couple of years ago and on a Saturday afternoon rather than going to a game I don't think there was a game on in the city we went into uh, some pub where they had the, the the goals coming in from Germany it was like Tor I think Tor's goal is it or something like that and it was like Tor Cologne and they went to that and of course BT do it for the Champions League or TNT as they're called now do it for the Champions League show which is brilliant occasionally the championship on Sky and EFL you know they for particular type of games they have the rights they can do goals as they come in and it's brilliant um, but most look, people have a big screen now as well I presume like off the top of my head um, so you could easily fit in quite a bit in the, on that screen if the production were good enough and you could have like live scores going across the bottom and essentially I suppose like 90% of the screen at, at one time taken up with the game live scores coming in and then you make uh, the big game small and you make no no um, I, I the, understand how Red Zone works it could easily work yeah I just I listen we have a long way to go and a lot of other ways uh, over to you FAI to sort it out yeah, like just, I mean like give, give there's a lot of money floating around from corporate tax in this country let's 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 give a few quid well, to some lad to get I mean a, I think the priority thing. first would be to get some of the first division stuff right yeah. you know I was watching I ended up watching a bit of the Kerry game um, tell us that story <laughs> I mean it is I'm not sure if I should tell yeah, a story I do. so you're kind of spending some daddy daughter time and she well she might she, I mean she, yeah. she, 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 she won't be listening to the back catalogue in years to come she, she, may or, change. she may or may not be uh, <laughs> behave yourself she may or not, may not be toilet training at the moment right and she's discovered this tactic that if she if like she's two right she's three in November that like if we go to bed and she wants to stay up we put her to bed her tactic to get us to wake back up is to just scream and say I need to go to the toilet but it's just a ruse right it's just an excuse for her to get out of bed and then sit down on her body and just chat to us about the news of the day like oh you need your hair done or what's going on she's an absolute legend she just wants to stay up so so, so I've decided to do just complete ignorance like we're going to ignore you I'm not going to talk to you and engage we're going to wait for you to do your business and hopefully she'll get out of the habit what were you doing so I started watching the Kerry and Cove Ramblers game (laughs) and she was trying to get my attention and I was like no no, you do your business. I'm watching Kerry. So if you weigh this up as the four, yeah, if you weigh this up as the forty year old dad who's treating the two year old like a two year old, but the two year old is looking at the forty year old dad looking at Kerry and Cove on a screen. I mean, who wins this battle? Dad, look, it's no, it's really bad parenting. I'm not, I'm not, but like we were trying all sorts of tactics. Winning here. at life. The broader point is, I got to watch a bit at the end of the Kerry uh, Cove Ramblers game. You did have a gag in where she says, "Daddy, have have Kerry won since I was born? <laughs> yes, they did, and they haven't lost by more." the one goal in seven of the last eight They've games got, yeah, no, they're, they're getting better they gave away a two goal lead but again look the, the, the production standards aren't terrific but like, the fact that we're even able to watch these mm. games is incredible but the commentators are totally indoors there's no sense of the atmosphere you know I think before you get to our red zone vision let's tr- at least get the first division ones up to maybe the same standard as the Premier Division and then you can start to go that way my, my, my last poll obviously was a spectacular like I, I expected a big victory for winter fo- for summer football I didn't expect it to be quite as big I thought but maybe that's like the nostalgic people like me I'm increasingly becoming um, even though I am actually a fan of summer football maybe they're just not not on social media if I put up a poll would you like a red zone option on a Friday night but everyone will say yes landslide. but would I like nicer stadiums yes would you pay an extra fiver on top of your subscription for a red zone <sighs> Like, How much would that that'd be? That'd be a few quid. I mean, I probably would, but like, I mean, they, they go around. You probably would. And I, I probably listen. I paid this. Listen, I'm not a good example. I paid this the price, whatever it would be. It's a, okay, it's, a okay. it's a question of like what you know what the the, the the marginal consumers would do. And like the point is, like we are building the supportive experience of going to games. Yes, it would be nice, but let's be honest. Like, 
there's a midpoint of the season. We don't. We only have two games on a Friday night at times when teams are in Europe. That's not. I, I don't I'd know. say it would be very difficult. In fairness, too, I know, I, it I would just, be. It would be a lot of work. This, this it would like, be a lot of work. This is like our discussion about VAR a couple of weeks back. You know, could mm. the fourth official have VAR? No, no. But the, like you know, it's it's not. We're not really debating something that's. Uh, particularly relevant to what's likely to happen here. You know what I mean? So why are we spending too much time on it? Why why can the red zone not happen? I, I, I don't like I don't think I think VAR's not gonna happen. But the red zone I think could happen. It's like when RT started showing games uh towards the end of the season and the live goals were shown as they happened ish. Like no, I, uh, I get the principle of it, but what are you gonna do in between it, it was funny for me, right? Because you watch more LOI TV than I do. I think that's fair to say, yeah. right? But Sunday was... And, like, I had no real interest in either game. Didn't have a bet. Just wanted to see... Kind of if Sean McGrover's drop points, yada, yada. You also, I, pre- you also present League of Ireland podcast. That's no reason to be interested. Oh, I know, I know, I know that. But, like, as in... I'm also spending time with whatever... I, I was actually I was genuinely toggling between two games that I didn't have any real emotional interest in, and I was like, "Geez, imagine if you had ten on a Friday night." Yeah, but we're not having a beer. Like this is a real. This is like, you know, LOI TV don't do. I, I, get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> That'll make it happen, Mark. LOI TV. Are you talking about Carlsberg? Yeah, but LOI TV is like the you know, if LOI LOI TV is great. I just like, think I want to distance myself from this particularly bad debate because like it's just uh, people going about a red zone it's just like lads we need to like need to get our referees right first we need to get the ref zone sorted (laughs) and we need like to get like power and you could have a ref who's like in the background commentating on the various situations I wouldn't be sure I'm not sure I'm not sure about a product as well Uh, I certainly wouldn't be including the first division ones with the premier ones that'd be weird so you go what you go from Tala to a completely different type of facility for a look are you going to get any extra people to subscribe to the service that don't already I doubt it I honestly think it's I'd like what I would like is if we have a title race at the end of the season for or like you know for RTE on a Friday night if there's a key round of games uh, they need to be doing to that be able yeah, to, like, to drop in the goals in it I'd love that but I mean let's that's you know sort of walk before we can run. I, I think the the live the live shows are massively enhanced by goals from other games. Definitely, they are. Yeah, they don't Especially always happen. Do you know what? Do you know happen. what? Enhance this show uh, if we move, if we move yeah, off this debate and we move to the, the mailbag. mailbag. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. Yeah, so, I mean, again, um, sorry for that red zone diversion. Um, we didn't really cover any talking points. Uh, Stop creating that. a diversion, Dan. Yeah, bows um, are alive. I, I, I did my mailbag, but bows are alive. Uh, I, you're going to interrupt me before I even read out the mailbag points. Watching the highlights of Afalabi, I'm like, okay... Is this lad getting to a level now of that striker that the league has been pining for, where he's scoring every week, and the the striker that Shamrock Rovers badly need in Europe? You're looking at him; he's just full of confidence. Oh, don't, don't be mentioning Shamrock Rovers now. From he he they have an option on his contract, which I think they've activated, so the Shamrock Rovers would have to pay a fee for him if they wanted. He's not going to be going for free. In the I, I gotta say, he's now fifteen to eight favorites uh, to be top goal. You scorer. were defending the kid when he was like like odd from nine or whatever he was there in the season. You're like, I really like him. I know he's not scoring, but he's a, he's a handful. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Then he started to score. Yeah, he's in the he's in the right place. I mean, I, I feel vindicated with my yeah. twenty five to one. Obviously. You were right, but uh, sixty six. Tr- tr- <laughs> what are you on about odds? Dan? Six, Come six on, to like. one into fifty. That's generally you. Yeah. But he's fifteen to eight favorite now. Like that's a hell of a marketing. Matt move. has gone. That's the biggest marketing move since we were involved in a horse and you told everyone in the world to back him and his price collapsed. Hopefully, it works out better as well. Yes, um, let's hope so. Uh, Connor Fennell, this is the mailbag. This is the context. If Bows beat Pats on Friday, will you acknowledge they are part of the title race? Mick O'Meara 
on this team is Declan Devine's performance going under the radar one point away from our 2022 total with 10 games to go while not always convincing having still the resolve and I would make my point here they still haven't won away from home since April and there's a slight sense here that like they're, they're, they're coming off the back of this run where they're playing you know they've had a daily Mount Cup win against Shells and they've beaten UCD and Drawda at home and they didn't play well against Drawda so or UCD I, probably I, to be fair I just want to see more from Bowes before I can get and I'm not saying it's not there they've strengthened their squad well but I just think you need to see a little bit more I mean I saw them against Shelves the week, the week previously and they weren't great for 70 minutes now I can see a lot of the, the upsides to them I heard that it, you know, the team seemed to be the, the team bonding night in Daily Mount last week I believe what did that entail? I think the two Polish DJ lads two Polish lads in other words the crazy world the centre halves and getting involved that's all good but I think to and really, the three Polish to, lads to really, well the, the two the, the, yeah. the originals um, the originals I, I think <laughs> I just want to see a little bit more from them. But obviously if they go to Pats on Friday, I mean, and Connor's question was, was if they both beat Pats on Friday, would he acknowledge their part of the title race? I accept that. I don't see a huge difference between You have a big Bowes dilemma Friday. What game do I go to and with good cause? Well, yeah, I'm actually leaning heavily towards it. So Graham Merrigan was onto us and he said, Ash Grover's back. And the, the, the answer, Graham, is emphatically no. I watched the game Sunday. <laughs> Having watched the game. Um, I think I'm going to go to Talca on Friday. And the reason is, I think that's a really interesting game. Like Shamrock Grover's interesting. Um, just Rovers against Cork. Okay, the European hangover game is dangerous for any team, even though Rovers were sort of dead before their second Very leg. poor crowd by and Rovers. They, play, they played a weakened team. But I think going to Shells on Friday is not a nice place to go right now. But is this the game that galvanises Roberts? They've got two weeks off after it. They could never have imagined having two weeks off in August. I mean, it's crazy. And that should hurt them in the sense of, I know, yeah. this should be the, the most exciting part of our season. And we're doing nothing because we're out of Cup and we're out of Europe. That has to niggle away at them. But that can go two ways. You come back, there's nine games to the end of the season. Some you know, key players out of contract, where are they at? Are they fifth? How are they feeling about life? You know, it's a big time and I think even the, the Shells game if they can somehow galvanise themselves and get a big win then maybe they just go off in great form but Two of the worst games I've seen in League of Ireland memory in recent Shells times Rovers. were Shells at home to Rovers they were both nil all one of them was awful bad um, but Shamrock Rovers off the top of my head were going into that game in reasonable form they're going into this game the one thing that they have is Liam Burt who gave them that spark that they really needed in the second half in fairness they probably would have won Again, doubts about Manus, so I think he's poor for the Manus, goal. yeah, no, Manus is, the, we had a question about Manus as well, and like, again, I just feel uncomfortable when it's like a league legend, but, yeah, I mean, you, have yeah. to, you, but you, I mean, you have to discuss things that are happening, like Jimmy 6-6, was it a mistake for Rovers to reinstate Alan Manus? He was a fault again for the Cork free kick. He's been a great player, but Poles should have kept his place. Now, Poles has done well, but he's just of a certain level. Mm. The problem is they don't have a succession, proper succession plan there, and it is a concern. I think if you're playing against Shamrock Rovers now, and it seems heresy to suggest it, but you're definitely thinking, you know, just get testing them early. You know, he, he was slow to get down for the, the Cork free kick. The goal in the dock wasn't terrific. Okay, the Farrange Farris one is a bit of a freakish thing, but it's obviously, you know, it's someone it's who's maybe back from a long absence. Yeah, but rusty. into a team that's not not really high in confidence. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm really I'm really interested to see how they cope with Talca Gushels. Okay, I know people are slagging them again. They're celebrating another draw. Um, and it's true they don't lose many games they you know again Harry Wood great goal oh, I like I liked it good, no, good celebration there was the game was like I know it was uh, some people said at half time was a somewhat forgettable game or whatever on Twitter or whatever but like the Harry Wood cameos but then Dan part of me is like 
bit traditional after his goal where there's a three on two a really good break uh, to win the game and he goes for this absolute Hail Mary from under the under the Orioles stand I'm like son like seriously you got it yeah confident. so I'm like what is Duffer does Duffer like deck him in the dressing room like a la Brian Clawford as you say you've done well you've done well kid he and the who's the, the new guy from Hull that Hull see what from the trees um, needs to see the ah I see what you did there thanks um, is Jack Moylan actually playing at the levels he was at, or have has the transfer speculation affected him? I, I don't know. I think I didn't I, think he was great on Sunday. He was I taking know. off with Sunday, but like, I mean, yeah, I think several times the rumor mill keep telling us it's his last game, it's his mm. last game, and it's like, you know, I, I, it's po- I mean, it's possible he could be there till the end of the season now. He had um, a great chance if Coyle put him in the first half. Coyle, I'm Moylan, no, Moylan's levels have been good when I've seen mm. him in recent weeks. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't okay. talk about I but, but they've signed good players. I mean, Wood is definitely a threat then to Boyd and to Moylan and Jarvis come on as well. Like they've strengthened in the attacking areas. And um, but anyway, that, that's a tricky game for Rovers. I am um, looking. Yeah, I am Friday. very. I am looking at Rovers at the moment. I'm like, if they're playing Pats, if they're playing Bows, if they're playing Derry, if they're playing Dundalk, if they're playing Shelburne, notwithstanding the other, I've not really much confidence in Rovers at the minute that they're going to steam well, all these. Te- I think we have a title race. They come back from the break and they play a run of those. Teams teams as well mm, so very um, that's why to me I mean the Pats Bowes game the pecking order of that that's on TV I think it's a 50-50 choice for those games I just want to see I haven't actually been at the last couple of Rovers games so that's probably the way I'm I'm leaning can we do the mailbag Johnny you, you before we go Talca, on a tangent you said Talca was a difficult place to go to was it a pigsty though Dan was it, has oh, that been well, mentioned Kieran Callan did actually say um, yeah I, I, I don't have the specific question in front of me I probably should do you think the comments from KA this week were justified well this is of course I was walking across the pitch after the game and the Icelandic manager was chatting I think it was Jerry Malone I heard him making a couple of comments and I, to be honest probably I failed as a journalist by going straight over to ask um, you know, Steve O'Donnell for his reaction to the game rather than getting involved with listening talking to the away side but yeah they, they slagged it off a pig's thigh the, the pitch is terrible they're right I, I have no problem with it. If people get sensitive about the criticism, um, they're like you they're, play a bit of astro. Like what? What's the pitch actually like to walk on? I mean, if, but it's to me. I listen, but I haven't bounced and and ran you know a good astro pitch from it. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, you know, well, if, put it like this: the Abbottstown astro pitches, which I've played on sometimes, which can be eleven aside or seven aside. It seems a lot more forgiving. There's a thing about a bounce pad that you could have got put into the pitch in Oriel, which you didn't get put in at a particular point uh, when they were spending money on other stuff. And um, I put in, a, I put in a bomb actually if I were. Oh, no, no. The, like, the place is horrendous. And I mean, they just, like, there's no justification of it. I know Dundalk, like, you know, various talks about investment as well. I do think with some of these people they're talking to, like, something will happen probably at some level with some of the facilities because you, it's, it's not even the elephant in the room. Like, the elephant, the elephant, the elephant in the room has decided not to go on the pitch because even the elephant finds it bad terrain. You know, like, yeah. it's, 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 it's mm. absolutely. Horrific, and yeah, if if someone from Iceland comes to slag off a facility, some sort of embarrassing. I think you know my attitude towards problems in the league is highlight them and fix them rather yeah. than bury your head in the sand to them. Um, a lot of other comments we need to get through. Uh, Connor Mull on about Drodd not being given enough credit. Could a full time setup mean they challenge for Europe? The only thing about Connor is it's a very crowded market for players around Dublin. You know, yeah, could they make all their players full time in theory? But I still think you'd be. You go full time. You want to sign slightly better players, but there's so many of them around yeah. with so many other options. So it's not guaranteed. Brian had a reference to League of Ireland sides that are getting the best of themselves with full time in Europe. So questioning some of the preparation. I know Pat Dolan was very critical of Stephen O'Donnell. 
uh, for his comments after the KA game. Which um, were? Which were basically suggesting, well, look, I would have been happy with one round and Bruges would have been a step too far. Now, I can see what he's saying. I think Bruges would have done a number on Dundalk, particularly the way they're defending in Europe. is dreadful. But I, I I did find, I mean, like we'd be like big fans of Stephen O'Donnell and what he's doing on this show. Um, I wouldn't, I, I did find those comments a little bit off in the sense that the dog could have got through that tie that extra 300 grand like might is be, he protecting if, his if, players if they, potentially yeah but if they don't make europe this year you know like for example like sligo rovers their figures come out you know they're having a bad year but at least last year some of the european money in the bank helped and um, the dog could next year qualify for europe and and not get as generous a route to round three and i think there's an argument where you just take those chances when you get them and they were way off it in those two legs in a number of ways so um but look no daryl horgan i must say on sunday oh, he was, was excellent there was glimpses as like excellent. yeah that's, excellent. you're bringing a quality player yeah. he was playing for ireland very recently he was excellent and uh no i've no doubts about they say you should never go back albeit give the ball away then a little bit of ah, but like, yeah but like, yeah, i know you're trying they, to they say you should the never away, bang bang but you, i think you give the ball away in that it was more of a, it was a pitch thing as well i was yeah. looking at him going yeah he was excellent. he's going to be a huge addition yeah uh robert Rourke, what would happen if we got four teams into the latter stages of europe and possibly group stages with only one league of ireland stadium capable of hosting fixtures a great hypothetical problem. At least we have Windsor. But if, but if that happened, uh, we would already be at a stage where our stadiums will be better if we had four teams getting there. Derry and Windsor, I mean, Dermot O'Leary will be interesting to say the least. Numbers attending will depend on first leg, but a one and a half hour journey compared to a three and a half hour journey is preferable. But would the fans get in and out of Windsor without any trouble? P.S. I have a hotel booked in Dublin for that night. Well, I mean, hopefully this on is com. Yeah, hopefully I, not too expensive. I am, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I we'll talk about it with the lads because we will have to get the lads in. The Windsor thing, Dan, I I love this. It's fascinating, idea. I like love Derry, and we will see. I'm conscious of the news agenda. We're recording on Tuesday, and mm. we could have a decision from UEFA before we come out, so we won't get bogged down in that too much. If it's happening next week, we'll we'll give that full full due reference next week. Uh, we had a lot of references. I think more people maybe paid attention to the first division games because they had their own round of games on the Monday. But Evan H, um, Alex, Andy McNulty all had similar points about you know five teams getting a playoff in a ten team league. It's just more pronounced because everyone's so madly inconsistent. Like you see Bray two 0 up losing to Longford. Like Longford were having a bad season. But now they're in the playoff shake-up. Like Treaty have lost, as Andy Minoldi pointed out, have basically lost 50% of their games. Or that, Wexford, Wexford, sorry, yeah. similarly. And they're if all in the shake-up. One, if you have one team running away with it, this system becomes very problematic because Waterford are sort of in no-man's land preparing for um, the likelihood of not getting promoted again statistically, even though they're by a mile the second best team in the division. So that's a bad place to be. And you've got United playing out the season with, it must be said, average enough crowds considering... Um, almost too easy for Galway. It's almost weird. too easy. And, and, yeah. and, and, and so like Galway United's mind now is probably on the cup. Like UCD away, we'll talk to Andy Myler about that. But Galway United have a very realistic chance with a bit of luck of being the cup semi-final. Who knows? Yeah. Because um, they know the league is done. But that then just leaves all this... Like I'm not overly interested in the results uh, under that now because like we'll sure you'll you know we'll see towards the end who's going to make you feel fourth like and fifth you feel like they might get pumped anyway but it gives yeah, those you it, need we need a relegation from the we need a relegation from from the second tier and we need to change the playoff well a, a relegation I, mean, I wouldn't be mad on relegating Kerry after one season 
No, we but need, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but look, uh, you know, we listen. I have a few more comments to get through. Fargo Johnston was on about, um, you know, Matt Adebayega bypassing the likes of Rovers. Yeah, I've mentioned this before. The, the the players who used to go to our top clubs are now skipping that and going to the UK. That's difficult. I want to get to two last questions or two last comments here. Um, David Relihan, any thought provoking discussions about Bray having a per home attendance with a population four times the size of Longford, public transport nearby, stadium within walking distance of pubs and restaurants? No, fair enough. We are talking about it, David. I might even give him a mailbag voucher for that. For like, Bray are um, for pursuing, pursuing this agenda we have against Longford for maybe raising the fact that the crowds could be better. It's a valid point about Bray. I, I was cycling that, um, like around Tallaght the other day, and my mate goes to me, "See your man there? He plays for a cabin tea, Bray, whatever it is, like right." And I was like, "It's it, this is it." A, a lot of madness has happened with Bray in recent it, years. It has. They, they had they've had games in recent seasons with like big crowds turning up at the start, and there is probably a passive support there. Did they do play Dundalk in a cup game? We'll see if more come out than the 500 or so that are there at the weekend but I mean listen David's entitled to make the point about Longford one of the uh, best locations yeah one of the, but like Bray again is an ext- is one of the best locations of ground you will get the ground is a kip it's so so f- unfit for purpose it's a kip yeah and you, like, we can't just accept these standards of these really really shit grounds in an extremely wealthy country and this is our biggest participation sport and Dan it looks like nothing is like where is even Finn Harps at the moment nothing is getting done well I mean they're, they're chugging along it's slow to get things done but I mean seven years doing it we need a military uh, all, dictatorship this is my point well yeah. maybe not yeah. just bring in, I mean, bring in workers point, like, phone them a few quid need, you, build you, a stadium so you'd, you'd prefer a DMZ zone over a red zone ah oh, I'm having that there you go the biggest this is my point though our biggest issues are staring in front of us and we're to be talking about big picture red zone stuff is just a waste of time it's like it's to getting the basics right and a lot of the other things will follow but we're doing the basics so badly that we just can't distract ourselves with like flights of fancy of like this and that. Like we have to get the products right. And that extends to Europe and a lot of other things as well, by the way. If you get the basics right, then a lot of other things will follow. Broadcasting deals. It's our inability to do the basics is the problem. And we can't distract ourselves with side debates about stuff that's almost irrelevant. Anyway. Um, what about the Man United game? Was the, let's not, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, last question. Um, was the question... Uh, of Rovers' season being a failure if they only win a league, a serious one. Will Galway's season be a failure if they don't win the cup? Well, uh, to be fair, Sorry, Galway's target this season ridiculous. was promoted. That's a that is a, a, a ridiculous strain. Give, him, give point. him like the anti mailbag voucher but thing. I know. Listen, the point about Rovers, Rovers, of course, Rovers. This is my point. I'm not agreeing with Johnny in this. Rovers' season won't be a failure if they win the league, but there's obviously going to be a lingering sense of as I said, disappointment that they're not going to get like the national acclaim for being four in a row champions because there will be a sense of, yeah, but Europe. That, I that's say the, that's the nature of people uh, are. Okay, if Shamrock it's Rovers... It's not a failure to win the league, if, Johnny. Okay, Shamrock Rovers were odds-on to win the league. And it, in simple terms, that means they were expected to win the league. Uh, they were expected to win the league. No, because odds-on means more likely... I'm not explaining to you. I'm explaining to people who don't give a crap about betting. Odds-on means more likely to happen than not, give or take. So the expectation was, given the, the Shamrock Rovers team, the resources that they have, the everything that they have, they have Roadstone, they have a really attractive place to go, they have a brilliant academy. The expectation was that they would win the league again, even though Derry City were rising and Pats to an extent and yada yada. Shamrock Rovers were knocked out at the first hurdle in the FEI Cup with in a game in which they had a man extra for over an hour and they were insipid in Europe. So to me, this will be a failure 
regardless of whether they win the league or not. Um, and I'm not sure they will. Okay. Well, but I, I think it's going to be I, interesting. I respect the opinion. To me, and I, I have sympathy for Stephen Bradley with the amount of players they have out, had out going into Europe because Burke would have even made a difference if he were fit. Yeah, to me, is it an exceptional season? No. Is it a season where they've met expectations? No. But it's not failure to win the league. That, I, that's I, and, and, and I do just, feel if, if they get it's to the end of the season and Tala is rocking again and it's going to be a title race and they get over the line, I think it will mean an awful lot to them then. And they won't, they won't remember Europe Speaking at that point. Speaking of, that stand is even, uh, they haven't got that done as quickly as you would have hoped as well. There's two seats there but they yeah, can't yeah. yeah there's been a few issues I think but anyway uh, we've we've business to do at the end of the mailbag before we bring in our guests um, we have the quiz from last week the question was can people name the aggregate record win for a League of Ireland club in 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 the European Cup slash Champions League it was Shelburne beating Glentoran in 2005 God uh, I remember being six at the two, Tolka game 6-2 yeah. over two legs um, and the, we actually didn't have that was that the hydrox picture we, did, we didn't have no it was the year after okay. we didn't have too many um, correct answers um, but Mark Murphy has won the quiz I was thinking they had Mark won it before but I mean the integrity of the quiz his name came out so he's won it um, but um, yeah do, this last week we had a flurry of correct answers this week people struggled Mark um, Murphy speaking of, of Murphy's I thought Barry Murphy guessed the show very good on the co-com Sunday I was like who is that voice and then he started speaking from a goalkeeper's perspective this, is the, I was like, this show is the Claire Fontaine of punditry like the people go through here and Claire Fontaine. they go elsewhere and they pop up Claire Fontaine is in France not, not talking I about a person it. called Claire Fontaine I, I thought you meant the South African race course there. <laughs> do you know Claire you know yeah. Claire yourself yeah. Uh, yeah. no Fontaine's of course big fans of Bows but there you go there you go yeah Barry Murphy very good uh, very very good call guided tour of rascals for Mark Murphy get in touch with us and we will give them the prize Kieran Kildofadori so we've, we've brought his this career this is my point this is it yeah this and, and Barry Murphy stepping in for Graham Garton who again they all, you hear them here first and then they go elsewhere David McMillan they Paul Carney they, they go elsewhere they fo- they John, the, Johnny Ward Dan McDonald they follow the cash elsewhere and <laughs> can't take their calls anymore um, <laughs> the new and improved uh, guest Dan McDonald has left yeah well uh, yeah. Yeah, sometimes Dan John struggles to get from one sentence to the next because we're interrupting each other. Me, yeah, yeah, and you. Uh, um, I mean, toilet training during Johnny the, the weekend and Johnny training. Daddy, why are you watching <laughs> Kerry and Cove? <laughs> oh, Cove has scored, <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone to the toilet. <laughs> I've gone to the toilet in this show. This this show has has gone has gone south. Right. Which is the right direction? Where are we? Now, okay. now this week, this week's quiz question is: Daryl Horgan related. Can people name the club for whom Daryl Horgan met his League of Ireland debut? So he's had a lot of clubs. Where did he play his first League of How Ireland? How many clubs game? Did he had the League of Ireland? Well, I I don't know, Johnny. Maybe people can look that up and get the answer. If you start doing it in your head, I'll tell you one club he hasn't had: Galway United. Yeah, yeah. Daryl Horgan, Patrick. Oh, Hubin, Harry mentioned again. Rory yeah. Gaffney. Yeah, Bingo. Yeah, next season. Eh? Anyone else? Well, no, Daryl Horgan's tur- turned him down and he signed a two and a half year yeah. deal. So it's Co- not happening. Comer Brothers, the old... No, no. Um, Why don't they want to go there? It does piss me off. The dog's like, it, welcome home. He's fucking not from Dundalk. His wife's from Dundalk. Ah, welcome home. His wife's from Dundalk. He's from Galway, like. He's his just a failure of our system that he wasn't playing for Galway United. His wife's from Dundalk. One, two, three. You know, all, all his brothers play for Galway United. Do, do, do you know, sometimes you, you actually go, like, where your partner lives. That can become your home too. Where's his wife? Do you, do you just disregard her? She doesn't count? Yeah. Oh, okay. Home is where you. <laughs> home is where you were weaned. Yeah, you know yeah. Where, you're, you're you're, home you're always be. Where about do you live? Twenty three years in Dublin. Dan. Where about do you live? Uh, Harlow's Cross. Yeah, where were you on Saturday? Um, where did you go? A tie was this? Oh yeah, yeah. Why be there? Uh, as brief visit to the girlfriend's family, yeah. The girlfriend's family, there you go. You follow your family. Uh, this week's question, I said, is Daryl Horgan. And our mailbag winner is David Relihan. 
Um, and yeah, we're leaving all that business behind now and we're going to bring in Conan Byrne and Andy Myler. Yeah, uh, thanks uh, to Andy Myler and Conan Byrne for coming in. Of course, Andy, you were supposed to be playing there at the weekend. Um, so it's all like, it's kind of an icing in the league where people are accommodating of teams in Europe. Yeah, I think, listen, we'd always be accommodating UCD. I think it's great to see teams kicking on uh, in Europe and obviously Derry are flying the flag this year on their own. So I um, thought they were really good. In, in the game, I saw them the home game, particularly uh, against Coops. Um, and I think the learnings from last year kicked in. You could see it in terms of they figured the game out. They figured what was needed. And they went on to win the home game. And obviously, you know, the, the away game is open enough as well with three all draw. But always good to see teams doing well. And, and no surprise that, uh, you know, a team led by Rory is doing well in Europe. The, 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 what struck me about the game as well, a few things, I suppose, in Finland was... Um, they lost McElhenney in the first half. They lost uh, Domingan early in the second half. They brought in O'Reilly and Diallo. Um, but also they played as if they weren't, they looked as if they wanted to score. They were, they were really, we've paced in the break here and they, they scored three goals in Europe away, which is like Finland's not a bad league. Yeah, I, I think, that, I actually think it was the way to play that game. They just went head on, head on head um, because the first game turned into an open game. And then the, the second game is really obviously very open. But I think if you've got the players that Derry have, you probably want the game played on those terms as well. Um, and O'Reilly and Diallo, by the way, aren't too bad uh, replacements for the They play in nearly any team in the Premier Division. It's a hell of a squad. It's coming to the Absolutely. fore. I actually have a theory with these European games as well, though. They've taken the away goals out of it. And I think it's changed the dynamic of them completely. Mm. You've seen yeah. a lot more high scoring first legs. Can you imagine the the sort of the, the sort of dynamics, the psychology of some of the Irish games and the ties in recent weeks and how they would have been changed? Totally. You know, like yeah. even two one last week for Derry, you might have been thinking, Oh God, like, you know, we're going over here and it, it gets into the head of Coops, we just need one goal to win. Mm. And it was a completely different type of game. Totally. It was just just go and play. Um but Colin, I don't know what you've made of the the European stuff generally, I don't know how much you've seen, but Derry, they, they are the ones that have, I think they've met our expectations of them. Maybe the others haven't quite got to that. Yeah, you probably would have expected Pats to get through. I know Dudelange, have, have, they have been in European competition in terms of um, group stages a lot over the last number of years. They were the seeded team. Yeah. True, but I still... But they don't have any of those players from the group mm. stages. Like This is a great defence mechanism for teams when they mention that they've been in the group stages. I mean, so have done Doc. You know what I mean? The dark KA referencing that when they beat them, maybe they are. I, I, I in fairness, though, no, yeah, at the game they, they weren't a bad side. Yeah, I will give them you'd that. Still, you'd still expect them to. I well, I would have expected. Would them to you? Get yeah. And I'm and I'm sure John Daly would have expected them to get through. Yeah. Um, the likes of Dundalk as well, like Dundalk and Derry, they didn't light the world on fire in their in their first in their first games. Um, but against Coops, they just took over. They got their big guns back. You know, I know they, they lost a couple of players in the second leg, but they were able to bring on the likes of O'Reilly and Diallo, who actually scored and set up the winner, like for, for Mikey Duffy as and well. You see the, the, the big guns coming. They started with um, McElhinney, Patching, um, McGonigal, Connelly. Duffy. Um, uh, just, these are just all attacking players, really, really attacking outside in both games. Like, Yeah, but also they got Mark Connolly back as mm. well and, and, and fighting fit. I think they were struggling in that area um, earlier on in the season. So to have those lads back with the experience that they have and the experience that they bring to the team was huge. Um, now they're obviously gone heading off this morning now to, to Kazakhstan, which is another test, um, coming up against a team that bet Basel, in, who got to the semi-final, I think, of the Conference League last year. So um, people might say... That it might be a, an easier game, but at the, at the end of the day, they bet Basel in the last round, so it's gonna, they're going to be up against it again. And Andy, I think um, it looks like the Kazakhs like rested practically, they rested a load of players this weekend in the league, in the league, which is mad. Like, yeah, listen, 
I suppose you, you're never really sure what's going on in terms of it'd be difficult to keep an eye on what's going on in Kazakhstan. Uh, mm, generally. Football. Generally, yeah. I'm, not, not I'm very disappointed you haven't exactly. done your homework I'm here. A, I'm not a massive you're sage. You're like in, them. In you can't see anybody. He's dressed but, uh, like somebody who understands Kazakhstan. He's got like very... You know, but I, don't see why, I don't see why you'd be surprised, Johnny. Like it's an incredible opportunity for the I two know, clubs. I know, I know. And like the, the winners will play potentially Victoria Pilsen from Czech Republic who weren't, say, the strongest club mm. that was available. So, I mean, of course, this is the mad thing about Europe, you play games that are bigger than your entire year almost. Mm. In, so I wouldn't be shocked for one. Yeah. Derry got their game off and they rested their subs. That, that's completely what you should be doing. Mm. It's not some massive compliment. It's the way you should be treating those games, yeah. in my opinion, anyway. But I don't know. We're not on top of the Kazakh scene. But um, the description, and Murray Higgins and people have been speaking about it, that they seem that Tobal are a high energy, high pressing side and Derry are going away. Like, I don't know. What's a, what's a good outcome? for Derry from that first leg tie like you know what's again because the away goal thing is gone so yeah. it's just a matter of I, th- I think I, I think a good outcome is just to come back with the, the tie alive isn't it that you yeah. have actually a chance in the second leg for, I, I think, for, for a Windsor yeah I think the, the petrification of the away goal is gone in those yeah. like you said so I mean that used to really colour how these games were played altogether. so you can probably play them on their merits slightly more Um so uh, listen, I think, you know, if you come back, you, you know, you've got a, if you're down by a goal or you keep it level, that's what you want coming back to your home ground to give yourself a, a run at it. Because uh, it matters, home advantage still matters in these things. So oh, Jesus, yeah. Um, so that's, I'm sure that's what Rory be looking for. You don't want to, like, I mean, you see what, you know, Rovers there with Ferenc Farros, exactly the same thing Stephen Bradley said afterwards. Even if it's two, the second leg is a different affair. But once it gets beyond you, it kills it all together. So and, I think, you know. Andy, the, the prospect of Derry City hosting a game that's in the balance at Windsor Park, like, this has everything going for it. I mean, like, if it happens. There's a lot of politics in that one, isn't there? It's just, it's like the ground itself is a, it's a class stadium. Mm-hmm. It's in, I've been, I've been there. It's in an interesting part of town. But I actually do think, I think the Belfast locals who go will get behind Derry. I really do. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen. Listen. It will. Be, it will be great to see, and I suppose it, it's it's great to. I suppose it shows how far we've come here. Is that mm. that's not completely off the table? Uh, that scenario of Derry playing in Windsor Park, because I'm sure you I know. I don't think the I, I don't think the Northern Irish uh, sides of it have any issue. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's just disappointing thing. still, though, the fact that they still have to move away from the, mm. the Rymac by Rannibal. So that's the that's the most disappointing thing. And and that's not a pig style like Oriel. Like brand, the Brandywell is relatively modern. This is where we're at in this country. What's, yeah. what's wrong with the brandy? Well, actually, I haven't followed that. But what's it? It's 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 for that for that stage of the competition is X amount of seats. Now, I think when you get to playoff round again, there will be certain things around VIP seating and all this. But you can generally get around that. I mean, Sligo got a dispensation last year to play the third round in the showgrounds because. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pats were using Tala that night and there can be like these mm. like you see some of these stadiums in Andorra and stuff and they don't the UEFA can be amenable mm. enough mm. with these things but the bottom line is there isn't enough seats mm-hmm. in um in Derry and at the start of the year all our clubs um basically you, you list like what your what your ground would be for rounds one two three every one of them listed Tala for uh for this round of have the you heard why Tala isn't preferred as in, like, why why aren't they going to tell ahead of Windsor? Well, it's further away. Yeah, it's close. That's okay. That's pretty straightforward, Johnny. You can like your fans. Yeah, your fans can have an eight-hour round trip during on a Thursday, or they can have a shorter trip. You to seem Belfast. to be downplaying though the potential complexities of Windsor here. Like this is, I mean, Tala is Tala. We know what to expect. No, but, it, but it's it's pure logistics. Okay, 
It's pure logistics. Okay, that's interesting. Well, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Like, it's for fans on Thursday coming to Dublin. It's a nightmare. You want to make a home advantage. If you only have a thousand dairy fans there, if even that, mm. um, it's a complete no-brainer to go to Belfast. Um, Andy, listen, just to, to bring things back to your own business, I mean, I don't know how you would describe the experience of this season because um, obviously last year was like, you know, exhilarating probably how it played out and you had the great escape and people like Conan Byrne had sort of half written you off. You, you got to mention, you got to, you got to sort of a Joe Brawley, Kieran Donaghy style shout out <laughs> at the end of the season and you're still talking, which is good. Um, but look, it's stating the obvious. This must, must be a very challenging year. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a really uh, challenging year. Um, obviously, like you said, finished off last season really, really strongly. And in fairness, Conan wasn't the only person saying that. It was probably the only one who, was, who said it out loud. <laughs> uh, everybody else is thinking it. Um, so really challenging. I think the piece we've been saying with the players uh, when they're in this, it's actually, it's to remember that they're, they're getting an amazing amount of resilience out of this. The coaches are getting an amazing amount of resilience out of this year. Um, turning up every week, um, trying to put your best foot forward, it not always working out, or more often than not wor- wor- not working out. And um, there's a huge learning in that. Uh, we've been not to hate saying these things, but we've been really unlucky with uh, the squad availability this year. I suppose we have a couple of 23, 24 year olds in the squad, like some Mark Deaglum, uh, Evan Ozam, those guys, even Sam Todd, who's gone to yeah. play now, who didn't play a minute this year because of injuries and stuff like that. We've never been able to get them on the pitch and it's made a massive difference to us because at times we've been too young and too inexperienced in a lot of the games. I think we were really, really half decent in the first series of games. I think then after that, the confidence and the, like I said, just player availability starts to get at you a little piece. Um, but actually the last couple of weeks we're back doing all right again because we've got players coming back, all that kind of stuff. And I can almost promise you that the players will be miles better for this experience mm. that they're having at the moment. I know that's a difficult one to do as they're, as they're living through it. And I say, you just say it out of some experience in terms of, I remember a time many, many moons ago having a season with uh, Monaghan. And we were, I think we were like sort of second, third, last in the first division. And I think most games you're losing 4-1, whatever else it is, you know. But actually you draw on it as you move through. So it's uh, like, it's, I, I think where we are at the moment is still better off than being fourth in the first division you know what I mean, or third or whatever else it is with the squad of players. So um, they're still getting it. So that's the, the that's the positives that we're taking out of this. We're not too down. Like the morale is good. The lads are still buzzing around training and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that comes from the club as well, the sort of expectations that we set. I think the club have realistic expectations about where we're at, the player group we have at the moment, all of those kind of things. Um, but like I said, uh, not too down, but really, really challenging for all of us. But then again, that's the resilience that you're getting out of it. Alec, have you suffered a bit from like, I, I don't know, the, the domino effect of maybe the player drain we've had elsewhere in the league that you see, like you've lost players like Tommy Lonergan to Pats, mm-hmm. even Alex Nolan in this window. They're not necessarily going to be first choice there. You know, Tommy Lonergan hasn't played a huge amount this year. Um, and you've lost other players. I know you, you will always lose players at the end of their cycle, right? That's mm. also part of it. But it does feel like you've you've lost maybe some players earlier than you might have previously in some cases. Yeah. And because they're needed to replace players who've left the league further up the chain, and that's left you weaker as a consequence. Yeah, I, I think with, with some of those guys, like the likes of Tommy, Dylan Duffy, um, and yeah. even Evan Caffrey, those guys, right? So um they would have been in when they were sort of just either leaving cert, just after leaving cert, and whether they go into university or not and settle down in that scenario, 
Um, sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Okay. In those guys, in terms of Dylan got the offer from Lincoln, he always wanted to go there. He went. He was a brilliant lad. Same as Evan, Evan Carfrey wanted full-time football. Uh, wasn't sure about the university thing and then jumped off to Shells, right? Absolutely. Another great young fella. Um, Tommy was one where was like he was in university, but I think he was minded to get across the water as well in terms of, an, and he felt Pat would give him a better opportunity to do that. It was absolutely fine. And then like when you, when you start to get into things like contracts and all those kind of things, we just don't offer and can't offer the type of things that other clubs offer in this regard. Um, so it's difficult then, but I think that's, we've been chatting about this in the club the last while, sort of even the, the types of player that we try and recruit or they won't recruit or whatever else of that. I don't think, say, uh, Tommy Lonergan's a good example. I actually don't think Tommy would be in this country five years ago. He would be gone already to England in terms of somebody would, a club would have bought him over there, whatever else of that. The Brexit thing has probably kicked in where he's here a little bit later. So he's in the country. I, till, I still think he'll go on there. He's a, he's a fantastic yeah. player. Um, and whilst he may be in and out of a Pats team this year, I think eventually he will be just in a Pats team and he'll do really well. So um, I think that there's a slight difference there. So I, I, I think there is a change, whether we understand all of those changes over the last few years, I'm, I'm not too sure. But um, that the model that we have and how we maintain it over time uh, in terms of people just spending a year rather than four years with us, we're still trying to figure that one out because there's some changes. In yeah, there. like what is, I mean, Conan, you started, I, mean, I don't know, it's maybe harsh to put you in the spot, but you started your career at UCD, so, and you've also spoken about the value of education and, and as a career. So, you, but like, we, we'll, we'll sit here, right, on these shows, and we'll talk, we want an all full-time Premier Division, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about striving for that. What do you see as the future for a club like you? Before I ask Andy, like, what would you see as the future of a, for a club like UCD now, where the league appears to be going, appears to be going? Yeah, it, <clears throat> It's, it's a difficult one, like, a, in the sense that, like, I'm kind of half and half on certain things. Like, we've seen, again, UCD have brought through amazing talent for the last two, three decades. Um, players that have gone on to play for international football, players that have gone on to represent um, League of Ireland teams in Europe really, really well. Um, Most cap player in Europe came from UCD, Ronan Ron, Finn. Yeah. Ronan Finn, exactly. Same scholarship year that I that I went. Um like it's 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 hard because you you know the talent that they have the facilities as well is that is the best in the country we were only talking about it outside there, um and that's where we we strive to get to so that's on one hand and then on the other hand you're you're looking at the audi the the audiences that the the spectators that go to games and there's not that fan base, um despite numerous attempts over the years of, yeah. tr of changing game times to Thursday so that when they're 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 in college it just hasn't worked, um you're trying to make it as as a professional league as possible, full-time professional, it, that can't be done with UCD in the Premier Division. Um, so there's the two different sides of the coin that you're, that, that, that you'd be looking at it. And if you're looking at a full-time, fully professional league, um, where you're looking at, again, three, four, five thousand people at grounds, um, great home support, UCD aren't going to be part of that. They mm. shouldn't be in the Premier Division, but the model uh, is such that we want more UCDs in the league. We want more college teams to make up maybe that third tier. And UCD has so much positive in terms of bringing up players. And imagine Wait, UCD... Well, what do you say, Andy? Why, yeah. why, yeah. why shouldn't why should we be in the Premier Division? Because uh, the, the Premier Division should be better than that. Better than what? Better than a part-time college team. 
as in UCD. I remember I spoke to you when you stayed up last season. You're like, that, you know, realistically, we were probably like not what the Premier Division needs. I don't think that, I think the Premier Division should be better than UCD being in it. Drada, because, part of it. I, no, I, but, I actually, but Drada, okay, yeah, go I, ahead. I, I think you may have misunderstood me there. Yeah, because I, I think like everybody lost their their mind last year at the Super League idea that actually only clubs with you know three billion quids can be in a particular league and we all play the way sports is just sport like actually mm. i think like if, if ucd can produce a team that gains enough points and wins its wealth through a competition and gets into premier league premier division in this country that's that's fine i actually think there's a i think there's a, a model and, and certainly the whether this happens today or tomorrow in 10 years time there's a model that can exist in a in a in a a sort of a full-time scenario it needs funding it needs all of those other bits it needs you know funding probably from the university private funding all types of stuff th to get there but that it that does i do i do agree with you and i think i remember meeting you after the, the, the um uh the cup final or before the cup final, cup final yeah. and saying that actually as soon as fellas like me are out of the game and by fellas like me i mean actually part-time yeah. managers and stuff like that but i think there's a i think there's actually ucd or any club for that instance uh, as a full-time model if they can get their model to work and get into the one hundred percent, they deserve to be. In the so so I, I don't mean that UCD UCD are absolutely entitled to, it, and the UCD model is sustainable, mm -hmm. completely sustainable, and it has always been sustainable. My issue with the UCD teams over the last few years is that there should, if you look at the first division teams that really should have beaten them in the playoff, or the teams that should have finished ahead of them in the Premier Division, they had issues. I think the Premier Division should be better than the UCD that we have being in it. So this UCD team is of a first division standard, for example, mm -hmm. and I think the Premier Division should be of all full-time teams that are better than this UCD team. That's what I mean. I, I've no issue with UCD in the Premier Division, but I think we should have better teams than that as the top 10 in the country. That's would, it. Would, but, we, but, say, would yeah. we be saying this, though, if UCD got three or 4,000 people at every game? Um, well, I, does it make any difference to the quality I think, of the I team? Do, it, I, think, it, I think that would affect yeah. the discussion. Like, if there, was a, if there was more of a sense of, you know... Uh, a, a vibrant atmosphere at the ground to mm. say, you know, people would completely get Monaco, Monaco, Monaco are in the league. Monaco don't get crowds. Whatever. No. It doesn't, don't, like the UCD thing, the, we don't have a college supporting ethos in this country at all. In ga, in nothing. It's it's not a thing. Like in America, college, like they've college grounds of 100,000. Like college, everything is amazing. It's just not a thing over here. So no. whatever. I, I, it's not really an issue. I think UCD could do more with promoting it. My issue is that the UCD... They've tried everything to promote it, Johnny. Yeah. Generally. I, yeah. And yeah. like, you look at like it's I've no issue with UCD in the Premier Division I just wish that the Premier Division was a standard that this UCD team will be more of a first division entity standard wise but, but I think it. but isn't the problem though that UCD have suffered Johnny as well is that they have had Premier Division standard teams maybe and, get promoted and then lose or, yeah and then lose them yeah and, and like that's yeah. that's they've been even mid-season at times being decimated and that's obviously the players you've a, lost a, a, diff I mean, a difficulty yeah, but like, what, what is the future what is the future you're saying you're having discussions at the club and the about maybe not having the the one year players or like what is the like how how do you sort of somehow cement something at a time where as i mentioned where there's a general player drain talent uh you know there's an issue around the league as it is so no matter what you do your players are always going to be attractive to people just because of the natural profile and age and, yeah, yeah. and sort of demographic that they are and 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 other clubs are attractive to some of the players as well, you know. So, yeah. you know, Shamrock Rovers or Pats or any of these guys are coming and they're playing in Europe and doing all of those things as well. And you, you don't have that offer. So there's a, there's a type of player that will be attracted to UCD and sticking at UCD for a couple of years. And, and there's other guys that won't. So, I mean, 
it's a it's a real recruitment problem at the moment of when we're eyeballing players who are 18 years of age well are you here for a year or a year for four years it's difficult mm. it's difficult to, to it's, it's actually difficult to feel it out and in fairness to people on both sides of that table um they probably you know maybe they think they're going to be here for four years and actually only here for a year so actually that player turnover is happening at a at a quicker rate like you said um and I think what's happened, certainly in terms of the Premier Division when you're in there as well, is that secular bit of where the guys who have stuck for three or four years, we're at that piece now where too many have probably moved on. Yeah. And then it's going to hurt you, you know, mm. the type of way. So there's, there's a piece in any sort of two or three year cycle. I would have thought that in this particular cycle, since I've been a uh, manager, is that we had a got promoted the first year, you would have had the second year of... Uh, Colin Whelan, Liam Kerrigan, all those guys, they would have had a full year in the Premier, whereas actually what happened was we yeah. got promoted the next year, had those guys for half a year, hung on, uh, did really well to hang on in the Premier that, that year, and then uh, we're in the second year of the Premier and we're at the actually end of a cycle. So even building, so timing is important. And get how, clump, complex, how, but how, how do you, so how do you get like, um, and I hear a guy now who's linked with UCD next year because um, he wants to go to college how do you say to a guy who's like uh, thinking of his CEO and all of this, right, if you're of that standard as a footballer, how does UCD work for you as a model in terms of your um, studies and all that? And we're going to introduce you to proper facilities, you know, proper proper system, but but it has to marry to his ambitions then as a student, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think at the moment, I've had a couple of conversations actually, no names obviously, but in the last couple of weeks with players and parents and mm. that type of stuff that are, that are coming in, I actually think what I'm saying to them typically is if you look at the pattern of professional footballers who've done well in this country over the last, well, who've ended up in the international side, have done all of those things, they're typically not going over at 17, 18 years of age. They're actually getting 100 games, 150 games, whatever, and they're going at 21, 22, 23 years of age and making a good career for themselves in uh, the UK from that point of view. There's obviously, you know, exceptions to that rule, Evan Ferguson's, all of those kind of mm. yeah. Generally, yeah, different yeah. 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 Scales is a great yeah. example. Yeah. For yeah. They're yeah. on a different stratosphere. Like, they are the, the very small percentages of what happens in football. The more likelihood, the more, uh, if you were of, League of Ireland standard, you come from this country, it's most likely you're going to play in the Championship or League One. That's actually going to be a good career for you. So actually, having that education piece, going when you're 21, 22, and having something behind you is actually a much better career move. So that's typically what we're selling to to players. And does UCD have the range of sort of college options in for that student to say, yeah, I'll put that on my CEO? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, look, I mean, we have... We have Physios, lawyers, art students, business students. Journalism. So no, there's no journalism course. <laughs> no, don't do journalism. We don't, yeah. let, we don't let those guys in. <laughs> the only lads who do journalism. <laughs> we clear, I went to UCD. <laughs> yeah. He actually did. He didn't get the journalism DCU, mm. so he went to a far better college. Yeah, yeah. It's in, I, it's, I find that fascinating. It, it is fascinating. I mean, Ferrugia is a biomedical scientist, wherever he was. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 yeah. that's a, it anyway. a one-off. A, publish, um, a published one, I think, uh, as well. Oh, it's incredible. Speaks three different languages, you know, wanted by Malta, whatever, yeah. And you just like, I mean, we're not not getting you to give team talks for, to other teams by by talking about them. But I, I'm actually curious as your view, like we have a situation at the top where there's what, maybe nine, ten points, 11 points between the top six. Mm. Um, is that reflective of what you're seeing on the sidelines? Are you, are you sort of seeing, maybe there's not a huge amount of difference between some of these teams or what's your assessment of, I suppose, the, the top of the table and the, 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 you know, the respective sort of strengths of the teams you're facing? I think like ourselves aside, I'd, I'd even go further than that. I actually think if you go down to Sligo and Cork and um, 
uh, Drada and those guys that are in maybe the mix for the, the playoff spot, say, at the moment, is that even those guys on their day or regularly on their day are as good as the guys who are like, you know, the Dundalks, the, the Bows, all of those guys yeah. who are actually fighting it out the other end of the table. It's, so it's, an, it's amazingly tight from there, from, from one to nine at the moment in the league. Um, and you don't see a hell of a lot. I actually, I, I think Rover still have an edge, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, I think with them out of Europe, they have that quality in the squad that not everybody has accumulated yet that are trying to accumulate it. So I think they'll still have a bit too much. But it's it very much feels like playing the same game every week, if you know what I mean, in terms of squad strength. How so? Just, yeah. Strengths. What about styles? Yes, but styles differ, if you know what I mean. So we yeah. have different formations, different, all that kind of stuff. So that's that's different. But from a, from a what would you say, a player ability, all of those kind of things, that is a good similarity between a lot of clubs. Like Is people. that a good or a bad thing? It's. I think it makes for a very interesting league, like mm. you've seen. And I mean, I think it's actually, like I said, even the playoff spot, I mean, even last year, the two part-time teams were in the, either one going down or one yeah. staying in the playoff, were actually, you know, somebody... Somebody's going to end up in that spot that did not expect to end up in that spot this oh, year. Oh, yeah, big time. But what does this mean, hashtag LOA in Europe then, where you're like, where are we going here as a league? Because it hasn't been great, let's be honest. Like, two Icelandic teams fairly comfortably getting better, the better of the Irish team. I'm like, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, I just think it's like, it, we have, always have these short-term mm. um, goals as in, in League of Ireland. We've had them for years, and we just need to look at long-term. And obviously, the FEI have, have released this strategic development plan that that looks very interesting, realistic um, in terms of the facilities that are that that they hope to put in place. So, like we're just playing like last year was good, this year is not great. Previous couple of years haven't been bad. So it's it's all about kind of long term. Yeah, um, and that's my opinion on it. Yeah, I think it levels out over time. I think mm. it can be too reactive good and too reactive bad. Like, it's definitely... I actually think there's a thing now that I think there's more good players spread across clubs now. I think if you think of the mid-2010s, like, a top player would come out often of UCD or whatever, and there would be a Dundalk or a Cork, mm. and then maybe Pass had your spell and Rovers. Now, like, if you have a player even coming out of UCD, say, you've got four full-time options in Dublin, potentially, and then you'll have Dundalk maybe trying to sign you and maybe Sligo Rovers trying to sign you or whoever. And they're struggling now, those regional clubs, because they can't. But I think there's actually some top players spread around various clubs, whereas previously would have been condensed into two or three. So can you imagine if you're like Daryl Horgan, Afalabi, you know, and take a, take your pick from Forrester and have them all in the same two dressing rooms like, mm. and then we could be doing great in Europe and thinking oh, you know mm. uh, our league's flying and it could like, I don't know like it seems like, I don't know what you make of it Conan. you were at Stiger Rovers and Pats say at the, at the on, on Friday and Pats are now definitely in a title race on points I'm still not sure I'm not sure if I'm convinced myself but, but maybe I'm reading too much into seeing how naive they looked a little bit in Europe you know and they have younger players involved and maybe I'm reading too much into that Joe yeah, Redmond's learn, learn back from that as well. but Joe Redmond's yeah. back yeah. for example maybe that makes a big difference like I don't know what yeah, you think look, well going back to your original point I think I think players nowadays are very very similar um, and they don't take as much chances on the ball as they used to and I'm, I I don't know whether I'm, I'm right when I say this Andy might come in here but in terms of the, the they're afraid of their stats and what they see after a game because um, yeah. I was, um, I kind of was at Pats when we were there, and these came in that all the sports scientists, the, the data, it, the data, yeah, and you'd see players before pre-data just going out and training and doing what they do with, with a football, and but then post that, post data, they're doing mad runs to get their kilometers up, they're making passes that are 
100% going to be successful rather than that mm-hmm. chance pass that will play through a player that might put him in one-on-one. Um, the pass completion rate is one of the biggest loads of bollocks ever. Like, <laughs> like I can always pass the ball to a player beside me. Like, yeah, absolutely. But I, I play a, with them. It's not always the case. Because I, I don't try it. To be clear, I, I just think do you know what I mean, a, though. Yeah, but I think it's a, a lot of players now look at that uh, nearly mm. too much. Um, that's going, but going uh, back that is to, interesting. Yeah, yeah, but going back to your other point um, about Patsy, obviously, was at the game on Friday. I, I am. Um, I, I was really impressed. Um, just in the sense that. They were very, very happy for Sligo to have the ball. And the way they counterattacked in that game with Mulraney on one wing, Mark Doyle on the other, who was excellent it's on the pace. Right. Pace and power. Mm. Yeah. And and in also with Jamie Lennon not playing, I was He's out for, I believe, six weeks, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's now. out for yeah. a good good few weeks anyway. Um I was so impressed with, with Adam Murphy in the centre park. He was absolutely terrific. And then with Sam Curtis obviously going back out to his his favourite position at right back. Um and Joe Revan coming in. Yeah, it's, it's big. It's a huge yeah. Uh, yeah. advantage now for Pats. Here's the thing, Andy, right? You look at, he mentions Pats, the upside of Pats now with the young lads improving. Redmond's coming back. You look at um, Dundalk, who've signed, <laughs> signed Horgan, just the recent Irish international, improving the players that they have as well because they're only getting going, really. Um, you look at Derry City, they've got all their main players back. You look at Shells, the signings that they've made. Um, you look at Bowes, Afalabi really kicking on. Where is the improvement in Shamrock Rovers right now? Um, I just think Shamrock Rovers have availability within their squad. Actually, that will keep them quite strong. They're still four points ahead, aren't they? Four ahead, yeah. yeah. So, like, they haven't been doing too bad. They're four points ahead, you know, three quarters of the way through the league. So they scored one goal in seven going into Sunday, which was a penalty. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's a bit like the, the European conversations. It's, it's a longer trend than that. I think you have to look at, like, they're having a, they might be having a moment or, you know, mm. a sticky patch or whatever else like that. I, I still... Personally, think they'll they'll have enough. For me, when you're talking about teams, like over the last two seasons, we haven't touched them. We haven't touched them. Just couldn't do. Couldn't get. Couldn't get near. And um, we've tried practically something different every single time, <laughs> uh, but couldn't get near. Uh, and I think we've got near to most of the other uh, teams in the league at some point anyway. So, um, so they, that that's why I probably think like that. You yeah. know. So, uh, but that notwithstanding that, because we're speaking outside as well. I think Pats are in right form with good players playing really well at the moment. I think they're really good. Uh, it's always a tricky one for Derry probably to manage, like in terms of when you're thinking about the league, when you start managing Europe, that has seen before that that, Kazakhstan, like. that, has an, that has an effect and that's their challenge. Um, but from from that point of view, I think I think we have a, I think we have a title race, don't get me wrong. Um, but uh uh, I just think that Rovers might have an edge. Just, just for yeah, very briefly, can you come up in on Conan's point there? Because when I remember you as a striker, like I don't think your biggest stats. Would be, that, yeah, stats wouldn't have been great. I don't think your. I think your stats would have been excellent, but your stats, <laughs> your stats in terms of running, um, like hounding. I don't remember your game. You were very no, good no. goal scorer. So you don't. That I find it fascinating what he's saying there because like what are my figure is going to say like you know, I that wasn't that, in your day like no, but I, I actually think that depends on sort of the focus you put on things at clubs as well. For mm. instance, like, um, yeah, absolutely heard it said before, and Conan's not wrong in that, that there are, there have been players and clubs and coaches and everything else like that that look at, you know, you need to be doing 11K a game or you need to be doing 9K, whatever else it is, and your pass completion has to be X, whatever. I think you get a basic trend off some of those things. Like, for instance, your centre-half should be in the high 80s, early 90s of pass completion. 
because like he's, he's going to pass to his fullback, he's going to keep That's the fine. game relatively si- simple there. What about your centre midfielder? Well, like they should be starting to get into your your seventies, and then when you go up top where your people are supposed to take chances in the game, you're starting to get into your fifties and sixties of pass completions or whatever else it is, because actually your centre forward is two fellas trying to kick him up the backside, etc. So it's going to lower as you go. I just think like I I would I would have truck with any player who was saying like well. You know, a centre half saying, well, my class completion is 92%, ergo, it should be in the team. That's not how that works. Um, and a bit like we had, like, we could see the difference between midfielders last year as well, where you've a guy covering 13 kilometres or a guy covering 10, more or less playing the same position. But lots of times the guy who was covering the 10 is playing more, a lot better. He's just yeah. a lot more efficient with what he does. So, yeah. Yeah. That'd no, be me then. No, it's good. <laughs> but like, cause I, I think that was the point to me about some of the European games that people, I hate, hate going back to that, but I remember, I think it was a like Kenny Cunningham I bumped into recently and it's, like, it's just one person's opinion. But his view was that a lot of the top teams in the league were quite similar mm. and quite safe in their passing at times. And mm. it sort of speaks to your point. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just nice and safe. But then you went into the European games and you saw Brighter Blick just did things that little bit quicker and you can take a risk you know I remember a couple of years back like remember the big debate with Wes Hewlett and playing in the Ireland team I remember you chatting to some people like oh well, he gave the ball away I was like yeah but he gave the ball away because he was trying to like play a through ball you know in attacking areas and I don't know so Pats, team, Pats in Europe corner like attacking Pats, wise they didn't look Pats played 4-3-3 in the second leg right with Chris Forrester as one of those three midfielders so he, he can't really defend so you had five attacking players really really expansive and like it was great to watch now maybe I think they learn from that as well like they've really attacking players they've good attacking players Pat yeah but just again just going back to the stats I was speaking to Andrew Canine, the, the lad from Opta mm. and I speak to him regularly anyway but he was saying about he knew I was going to the Sligo Pats game he goes watch out Fernando Poynaker because his success rate of that diagonal ball is very very high compared to everybody else in the league now he put three out he put three out of play at the, in the first Into half Into Ben <laughs> but like it's, it's those little like he, he obviously he he sees that as a as a ploy for him in terms of an attacking threat now the ball was on every single time he tried it mm. but it just didn't work out but yeah with, with Pats are they in the title race? Oh, 100%. And right. I'm delighted with John Daly afterwards to, to mm. say, yeah, we are. They're only four points off. They all are. They're on. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think Rick Rovers clearly, I, I, I still think Rovers is going to win the league, right? There's no doubt about yeah. that. But how long more are Jack Byrne and Farouja going to be out for? You know, and Trevor Clark. And that to Gaffley. me is the question. Okay, Gaffney at least came back. Um, but that's a big, like, you know, Liam Burt gave them something on Sunday because he's able to dribble and travel with the ball. But Farouja has been huge for them. I just think when they've, they haven't, they've lacked that, they don't look half the team. And that to me is the key question. I don't know, like, it, it, what about Derry? Like, are you looking at it as, you, you liked what John Daly said afterwards, is anyone else in this for you then? Is oh, it yeah, Rovers no, Pats, I, is it Rovers Pats Derry? Is it Bowes? Like, you know, is that is that feasible? Well, Dundalk seems, seems unlikely. Doing, yeah, yeah. Afal Abbey's doing really well. If he keeps going, I just don't, the other end of the pitch, they're conceding a few okay. goals too. Um, Keep Buckley has, has started to come to show what he was like before he left for for uh, Asia and Australia, um, but that was always going to take time. Um, so yeah, I would obviously I'd say Pats and Derry would be the the main yeah. challenges. Shamrock Rovers both just a little bit behind them, but um, Derry with all their players back, if they continue in Europe, it might hamper their their prospects. But like yourself, I, I do think Shamrock Rovers are going to win the league. But it's just because we're expecting them to be 10, 15 points clear with the squad they have. They have a little dip in form, as, as Andy said, but 
that win on Sunday over Cork was massive for, the, for them in terms of how they progressed. Yeah, them. and as I mentioned, they have two weeks off after Friday, which is really weird for them to have two weeks off in, in this time of the season. And they come back out with that to play on Dock Bowes and Derry. And to me, that's their... Well, it's going to be a fantastic they, they, league. They could be recharged, and they could, as I said, they could be recharged, and they'll they'll, they'll just come back, and they could blitz and, it, and or you know it can go the other way. Uh, like, yeah, that's the thing. And the funny thing as well is, even though I expect UCD to probably be kind of out of the running in terms of staying up, I think you're going to have a role in these big games where, as you say, you're going to be improving. And you're going to be getting that little bit better and mm-hmm. become a stickler for teams. And I know the stats aren't great, but you've like you held balls for what seventy minutes the other day. Um, and you're, hopefully there is that upside towards the end of the season. Yeah, we're good against balls and good in the cup the previous week against Cove. But Who do you play next in the cup? Yeah, uh, we play Galway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What you call it? Uh, yeah. Won't say anything about that, Johnny. Yeah. Um, Will you be there, Johnny? Team talks there. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think like in fairness, Galway United, the cup has been since '91 an unbelievable failure statistically. This year, with like it's literally all they have to focus on. So the, on the answer stage. is you won't be there. Won't be at the game. Uh, no, <laughs> the, 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 I think the great thing we should, we should wrap up now. But I think the great thing, even whatever about standards and levels and all this, that to me, like the first thing, right, is to have interest coming into the running. You look at the fixtures of the week; all five oh, yeah. games at the weekend have something. So you've got Cork City, UCD, and I know Andy, like you're in your own position, but like that's a huge game for for Cork City because they'll be thinking, and I'm sure you're conscious of this that every team's playing you is thinking, well, we we have to win this game. And they must love going to Turner's Cross. You're going like, to Turner's Cross, and yeah. like I would, I would say exactly that. I would say when teams are playing us, it's a massive game for them coming in because they if they probably feel like if we don't get the three points here and I'd always feel like if you can't be at the party then be the party pooper yeah so that's our your approach. kids must love going to Turner's Cross <laughs> like I mean it, it's a, kids it's, have never been in Turner's Cross <laughs> yeah do you know what I mean though like the, the UCD lads going to Turner's Cross um, big, the UCD big kids I think yeah. you start going like, <laughs> like yeah I actually did mean that so like they close they close the gap to draw the potentially the three points um, by winning Cork is saying we'll expect to win this game but like the atmosphere down there is probably the best atmosphere in the league actually and you see it go down there and be the party pooper yeah I mean it, it was Again, it was like Daily Mount last week. The Daily Mount is really switched on at the moment. You know, mm. really good atmospheres. You know, sold out when UCD are going. We'll tell you, you know, how that's going down there. So um, you'd expect the same in Cork this weekend as well. So like they, they're getting phenomenal places to play football in. Great atmospheres. I think it will switch us on. It has switched us on every time we, we've played in that this year so far. So, and like I said, we're, we're not overly worried about the results or anything else like that. Mm. Uh, we know where we're at at the moment. Um, but we'll just see that as an opportunity to go and play, perform, and win if we can. Yeah, so there we go. The other fixture, so we've got, we got Dundalk and Sligo Rovers again. There's just like Sligo Rovers under a little bit of pressure, and Dundalk have their, you know, they're probably thinking they need to start picking up some wins. As we mentioned, the two Dublin derbies, Shells and Shamrock Rovers, we've talked about it a few times for the lads come on. I think that's a fascinating one. And Pat's Bowes is the TV where game. Where would you go to Conan? Where, where's the pecking order going to be? Let me get through the fixtures. We'll go to Conan in a second. And then we've got Derry and Drada on Sunday. And again, Derry are probably Coming thinking, off. you know, where are they going to be? Are they going to be suddenly dreaming of something? Or where's their heads going to be at? So there's something in in all of them. I'm yeah, not Dan gonna, has an interest in Tussle. Which game do I go to in Dublin Friday? And it is... Hmm. Oh, Pat's bows, I'd say. Do you reckon, yeah? I think so, just in in, in the sense that you're, the, the two teams are, are in, winning the title. Bowes, maybe not so much, but Pat's certainly. Um, and it's such a must-win game for both teams if they want to go and, and challenge the Shamrock Rovers to the title. Yeah, you could say Shell, uh, Shells and Shamrock Rovers is a good game to go to, but... The last couple of games. Oh, they haven't Christ. been great. No, I just yeah. want to, I, my explanation is I haven't seen Rovers in a few weeks and I want to see how they react to going to Tolkien just to see where they're at. That to me is the, I think that's, I thought, I just didn't think they were great on Sunday. I thought they could have been 
got at by a slightly stronger team. So I'm just interested to see if shells are capable of doing it that. Could beat but the third nil all in the row. Well, it, it could <laughs> be an <laughs> absolute, both of them. But listen, I can watch Pat's bowls. You know, I can record it and watch it later on. Um, um, we, we've sort of got Andy's prediction there. We're going to put you on the spot, Conan. Who wins the league and also who wins the cup? Um, Shamrock Rovers will win the league, I think, and uh, the cup. UCD. Mm. I was going to Andy's prediction, but uh, yeah, Derry City. You think Derry? Yeah, Derry that that Derry Pats, Pats game again, coming off the back of their second leg, is just they, Derry have a lot going on. The cup UCD. Can you got to be thinking though, like a bit like Go United. We can put our eggs in the cup basket here, and who knows? Nine games here from Johnny. Yeah, they be, beat Go United last classic season. Classic nine games. Beat Go United last season. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to do John and Ollie's team talk for them. <laughs> I'd love to hear their team talk. I mean, you could do a document. Why wasn't there uh, like? Uh, what was that um, Formula One doc? Um, Drive to survive for on Go United. It's like when 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 Ollie Horgan. I mean, when Ollie Horgan and John Crawford were put together, I got to ask you, what did you think? I mean, this is the original odd couple. I mean, it's supposed to be a young man's game. And you put two of the kind of veterans of the circuit together, and they've steamrolled the first division. Yeah, they know the football. Yeah. the two guys though as well. Like, so it, it's no surprise that Galway doing well. I mean, the more good people you get around us, the better things usually are. So, you know. Ollie's a very good guy. John's a very good guy. They know their football, so mm. no, no surprise there. Um, and I was watching them the other day. They're you know they're very very strong at the moment, aren't they? Strong defensively. Brendan Clark just a great yeah. Well, this experience. Yeah. yeah, experience. I was actually thinking like if Shamrock Rovers had Brendan Clark this season, it would have been it would have made a big big difference. Funnily enough, that he was he was shipped off to go United. There you go, and you should be happy to have him. But uh, we're going to wrap up the show, John. First division before fixtures, you take yeah. us on on more Galway United related tangents. Galway United uh, are first division away at Watford. If they are, will you be going to that? I am hoping to go to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a big event. Um, their, their season has really turned. If you're turning up and they're twenty points clear, Cole, we- Wexford Cole. Wexford Kerry on Friday as well. We've got Cove Ramblers against Bray Wanderers, Waterford and Galway as you mentioned. Then Finn Harps against Treaty on Friday night, and then Saturday. El Clasico, Longford and Athlone. They might get a bit of a crowd for that one. Both hopefully. Play up. Both thanks play for coming up. in, lads. We really appreciate your time um, as ever. I think it's your first time actually both of you in the studio here with us, so it's been good to have you in. Thanks and you are it. still talking after all last year's sort of stuff. Kieran <laughs> Kildoff predicted you'd <laughs> stay up. It seems normal. So. Kieran Kildoff predicted you'd stay He did. We um, were in association with Future Ticketing, Collar and Cuff and Rascals Brewery. Thanks to the lads coming in.